Welcome to CII Podcasts. Hello everyone, my name is Jayan Sriram and I'll be hosting this episode for you. Welcome to another interesting episode of the CII Podcast. Our guest for today is Syed Junaid Altaf, Vice Chairman of CII JNK State and Promoter and Group Executive Director, FIL Industries Private Limited. As the Group Executive Director of the FIL Group, Junaid manages the group's operational and financial strategy. Thanks for being here with us today, Junaid. And you know, it's quite interesting to know that your group's business spans, agri inputs, FMCG, post-harvest management, sustainable mobility, and tourism infrastructure to geriatric care and global trade. Um, while there's so much to discuss, we'll try to touch upon most of these areas today. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you, Jayant, and thank you for having me over today. It's our pleasure. So let's start with uh, the tourism. With, uh, let's start with tourism, and um, I want to get your views on um, how has the tourism landscape evolved in recent years, and in what ways is sustainable tourism, you know, really paving the future path for the sector. Well, uh, uh, Jayant, uh, I am from Kashmir. I was born uh, in Kashmir. I went to boarding school in Dehradun. Uh, so I grew up in the mountains. Is what I am trying to say. So my first love for tourism. Uh, and sustainability therein and my understanding actually comes from living growing up and actually being in the mountains as a child first and then as a teenager i think uh, obviously over the last few years there has been a growing push towards sustainability with climate change uh, coming up with erratic weather especially what we are seeing but sustainable tourism i don't believe is about mountains uh, only anymore sustainability is a core theme of what we are doing in tourism end to end today it is critical because uh, you know as tourists you know those of us that are as developers of destinations that are developing destinations we are looking first to build sustainability in the development of destinations and how we operate destinations uh, in how we look after them because at the end of the day uh, mother uh, nature is a gift to us and we are at best uh, holders or uh, you know uh, people who are safeguarding it so i think the point of sustainability starts has started in the last few years in india right from the creation of the right infrastructure that supports sustainability this is both in the mountains and otherwise as well as sustainability from a tourist point of view and case in point is the ban of plastic in many many uh, fragile uh, you know destinations equivalently we are now looking at putting capping in tourists in certain ecologically fragile places you know there is also a certain element of uh, education along the entire ecosystem within the tourism fraternity that sustainability in every endeavor whether in infrastructure whether in enjoying the experiences uh, is a critical part of how we can build tourism and certainly for india this is this is india's age and decade of tourism especially inbound tourism uh, what we have seen in the west uh, in the last 2 to 3 decades i think clearly it is evident that sustainability is a key theme of longer term creation of infrastructure and development especially in tourism this is also evident uh, in terms of some of our historical places that are, that are maintained where we are building tourism so i think all in all i think sustainability is a holistic theme i think uh, uh, it is still a work in progress in india but i'm sure in the long run it will be one of the key pillars of tourism in india uh, going forward 
Yeah, thank you for that answer. Really interesting, and I think um, I really like the way you brought you you brought in the fact that sustainability has to be looked at looked at in a very holistic way and implemented across you know various facets of tourism. So that's really interesting. Um, I want to move on. You're also dealing in fast-moving consumer goods and post-harvest management, as I mentioned up at the start. While these are two completely different areas, the management part, uh, you know, along with uh, strategies to re- reduce any kind of losses, is common to both. So, what are the new, what are the new trends that are redefining the management strategies in both these areas? Well, I think again, uh, we are specialists in the FMCG and post-harvest management space in horticulture. I think in the entire, if I can call it the agri-consumer value chain, uh, you know, I think companies over the last decade are now looking at the entire value chain in a very holistic way. uh you know uh, we obviously companies are specializing in certain domains starting from genetics to agri inputs to then processing and then fmcg distribution uh you know and you have uh, post harvest management as well as cold chain and supply chain management in the middle the key point in understanding the key management strategy in my view is understanding the entire ecosystem uh and uh, in, and delving down uh delving down uh, preferably to a crop level or the entire supply chain level all the way to the farmer uh, because i think that is how uh, management strategies are being built up uh, confidence as well as i would call it uh, confidence and the right understanding and research in the initial phase of the ecosystem which starts at the farmer and then moves on to manufacturing and then to the end consumer is a critical part of the strategy to, uh, today because india is a very cost competitive market in the fmcg space uh, so it is important to derive synergies right from the onset from the farm level to processing and then distribution and unfortunately post harvest management losses are one of the highest in the world in india still this is across all crops whether it is fruits vegetables and i believe over the over the past few years there have been uh, certainly very strong government policies that are supporting um, building of chains logistics warehousing cold storages that are helping reduce it but i still believe we have a long way to go so from a strategy point of view i think the important point is to look at the holistic chain look at the interventions needed at each level of the chain then look at the available data primary and secondary building on a strategy there because cost optimization is key in the fmcg space at the end of the day and you know uh with a population like ours and uh, you know a price point available at various points to the population it is very clearly it is very clear that every company will need to define its strategy and price point to operate uh, within this agri value consumer chain yeah thank <clears throat> yeah thank you really interesting once again i think um, you know as we were talking about um, you know ecosystems and you know supply chains and uh, and value chains i, I think that's a, that's a good point at which we can um, sort of jump uh, move the conversation into uh, the subject of climate change which as you know i mean all, almost every sector now has been affected by uh, accelerating climate change and the focus is shifting rapidly to uh, sustainability and um, and <clears throat> and mobility is of course no exception um could you uh, could you share your thoughts with us on this and how how is climate change really uh, affecting uh, these various facets of uh, of your work well to be very candid i think climate change is now the biggest variable at least uh, in 80% of the domain in which our comp- company operates climate change and the consequent effects of that change 
is uh, one of the biggest variable in all management strategies financial models business models that we are building and unfortunately it is it is a, it is a, it is a variable which one is not able to model out yet you know uh, we recently had uh, the cop uh, meeting in dubai there have obviously been uh, you know global signatories to the cop accords but fact of the matter is 2023 is the hottest year on record and some drastic you know if not most immediate changes have to happen in terms of uh, the industry's prevalent practices in manufacturing uh, across the board globally to reduce our carbon footprint so i think climate change and climate resilience are going to be the two biggest facets that businesses in agriculture uh, the entire consumer food beverage industry as well as the mobility industry in the long run uh, will need to gear up and build in uh, you know because it affects every facet of our lives and most specifically how it affects you know uh, uh, companies like ours i'll take a case in point of apple uh, you know apple is an is a nine month crop uh, which is harvested after nine months so it has one of the longest gestation periods as a crop within apple you have certain stages now because of climate change it is it is hap- it is happening in states like jammu and kashmir where you're losing complete stages of apple altogether so you're going from stage 1 to stage 3 where eventually in the middle again there are losses or you uh, because of the effects of climate change you are you are able to uh, you're seeing floods like the ones that happened in himachal this year which again were uh, you know devastating for the entire state's economy so what i'm trying to say is climate change is happening we are um you know as 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 a human race we are yet to, uh, to figure out the solution to uh, to reversing it for the lack of a better word but it is there it is affecting us and in sectors like agriculture mobility it is more evident mobility presents a very interesting opportunity for uh, for us to move from fossil fuels to evs and you're seeing that change in india you know that is passenger mobility but you're equivalently seeing changes in urban mobility where uh, where solutions like ropeways which can substitute uh, road travel especially in the mountains and can again uh, reduce a large part of the uh, carbon footprint uh, are coming up uh, the government has come up with a very aggressive policy so uh, so once again i will i will stress that i think sustainability in everything we do is critical because as as the as the planet is as the planet is warming up we have to look at sustainability and enabling a better future for those that come after us in a very clear and responsible way so i i really believe that what sustainable is a mantra now that most if not all of us in businesses across industries are looking at because that is our contribution uh in uh, in reducing this global footprint of uh, global warming and uh, i think this is something we are all looking to do now right uh, yeah thank thank you once again um, really interesting and and i think again um i want to ask you about a big project that you're um, that you've been instrumental in driving um as director of mspl you are setting up the largest tourism development project in uttarakhand and it's the first uh, dual use you know tourism and urban mobility um aerial ropeway in india connecting dehradun and mussoorie um 
so you know I, i think this kind of links well to what we've been speaking about uh, so far in this conversation but please please tell us a little bit more about this initiative and how this will promote um, green or sustainable mobility certainly oh uh, well uh, i'm sure most of us are aware that mussoorie has been one of the most popular hill stations excuse me uh, in india you know uh, and uh, uh, you know it, it has a very large footfall of tourists both in the summer and winter you also have a very large uh, educational industry uh, in and around mussoorie as well as dehradun uh, the dehradun mussoorie ropeway effectively cuts down the travel time from dehradun to mussoorie to anywhere between 12 to 15 minutes one direction as opposed to anywhere between uh, let's say 90 minutes to 2 hours depending on traffic one way uh it is it is uh, like you mentioned it is india's first dual use uh uh, uh road system which will cater both to tourism as well as urban mobility so the idea of this project effectively is that we want to substitute the use of cars uh by enabling people to take the road way both for tourism as well as urban mobility uh this uh, again will be uh, you know uh, this is this is a key way of again uh, you know reducing the carbon footprint the road distance between dehradun and mussoorie is approximately 30 to 33 kilometers uh and uh, you know uh, uh, it's a singular highway with no alternate modes of transport but the road to get to mussoorie so i think the ropeway uh, is envisioned as a, a large sustainable green mobility project that aims at keeping cars parked in dehradun uh, as part of the project and people just taking the ropeway to mussoorie and then coming back the the wider initiative is to build a complete uh clean green sustainable mobility ecosystem even within mussoorie after this by the use of uh, you know small electric vehicles electric carts electric bikes so that is what the dehradun mussoorie project holistically is about it is the second longest ropeway in the world uh, conceived as on date in terms of uh, what is called mono cable detachable ropeways and uh, we we truly and really believe that uh, this will showcase uh, uh, india's commitment uh, to uh, you know sustainable and green modes of transportation uh, you know once it is operational in 2026 thanks i think that sounds really uh, exciting and i think um, anybody who's who's gone to who's traveled to the hills and who has you know been concerned about the uh, the levels of traffic that you see nowadays will Uh, that's something that's really uh, that's something that they really look forward to um just moving on again you are the vice chairman of CII Jammu and Kashmir uh, which is one of the most popular tourist destinations um, in india and all over the world um how can the tourism infrastructure in jammu and kashmir be made be made more robust um uh, from what it already is further strengthen tourism in the state well um, my honest take on this is that you know <coughs> tourism uh, uh, jammu and kashmir has been a brand in tourism for more than 100 years but this is the time that we have to build a sustainable uh, uh, brand in tourism i think it is critical to devise policies that open up uh, the various destinations both within jammu and kashmir for tourism it is critical to lay down the guidelines and principles within which we will expand tourism in these destinations today you have a gulmarg pehelgam sonmarg mata vaishno devi patni top but there is a lot more to the state 
uh, and i think it is important to open up those destinations it is important to learn uh, you know uh, from um, it is important to learn from some of the guiding principles of sustainable tourism globally that are being adopted uh, in ecologically fragile places like jammu and kashmir uh, you know we are uh, we are a part of the himalayas at the end of the day and strategies around that need to be de- uh, devised i think it is also important we specialize within golf tourism mice tourism adventure tourism so the whole idea is tourism tourism as an industry is opened up both horizontally as well as vertically but i will strongly strongly uh, underpin the need for having sustainability at the core of it uh, given again uh, the environment in eco fragile dynamics uh of the state uh, from an environment perspective i think jammu and kashmir uh, as as i hope most of us think jammu and kashmir is one of the most beautiful uh places in jammu and kashmir blessed with abundance of nature so along with creation or infra uh, a key endeavor to keep sustainability uh at the core of it is critical so expanding tourism both horizontally and vertically uh, is something i would strongly promulgate Yeah thank you and if we could uh, stay on the subject for a minute of uh, Jammu and Kashmir of course um, a lot of us uh, think about uh, Jammu and Kashmir you know tourism is somewhat synonymous with that region but, but what are the sectors or areas in the state that hold immense potential for future growth and what initiatives have been taken to propel this I think the backbone of uh, Jammu and Kashmir's economy has been horticulture uh, and tourism horticulture uh, you know Jammu and Kashmir is the largest producer of uh, apple uh, in the country it accounts for almost uh, 75 to 80% of the production in the country so horticulture and the entire value added industry around horticulture uh, is critical to the success uh, uh, you know of economic development in the state this includes apple cherry peach pear plum uh, you know jammu and kashmir is blessed with an abundance of climates that enable it to have such a variety of fruits and vegetables so horticulture and tourism certainly but along with that newer generation sectors like it it uh, you know and uh, it driven industries education to be very honest uh, you know education as well as uh, higher educational education institutions and then healthcare i think these are critical drivers to uh, that can contribute to the development of jammu and kashmir's overall economy in addition to horticulture and tourism which have primarily been there but uh, these uh, <clears throat> these new age sectors will obviously cater to, uh, to 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 i mean to a growing new age economy as we have seen uh, in other states and uh, i certainly believe that uh, the time is right in terms of steps that have been taken i think the government has taken very encouraging steps in terms of introducing uh, an industrial policy in 2021 to support investments uh, across across regions within the state Uh, and across industries uh, i think it is always important to review and monitor policies that are launched so that a feedback mechanism is built in uh, and uh, you know they are only improved with each passing year uh, yeah thank you so much uh, once again and uh, just as we are kind of rounding up the discussion for today if i can sort of take a different route um You're a fellow of the uh, Tamil Nadu Bajaj Fellowship for Leadership of the Ananta Aspen Center Delhi, and you're also a member of the Aspen Global Leadership Network. 
Um, so I thought it would be great to know what your learnings from this experience have been, and what your message would be to um, young people in India as they aspire to make it big in life and play a significant role in shaping the future of the country. Well, I think the essence of the Aspen Fellowship lies in the word fellowship, uh, and serving the community through collective leadership. I think that's the essence of us. My experience in the fellowship. Uh, has certainly been on those lines you know it teaches one to rise in leadership or it it imbibes the values i will not call teaches it imbibes the values in each fellow to rise over and above what we do in our individual professional domains to make an impact at a leadership level in terms of the communities and society we live in or we serve i think that is uh, <clears throat> and uh, I, i think it is it is one of the most well rounded fellowships in the world where you get experiences from people uh, you know across continents i think uh, uh, again in terms of my uh, my message to uh, to uh, to the younger generation i mean india is a young country uh, we are uh, uh, you know we are a young country still getting younger uh, you know uh, the next uh, the next century is certainly ours but i think it is a century we must take with a lot of responsibility uh, and care to what we do and what we choose you know our aspirations are there i believe we we are getting the tools and means to grow personally professionally uh, but i think it is important to look back and reflect responsibly in terms of the various careers that we are choosing various avenues available to us and keeping society's development or the larger economic development uh, at the forefront of it i think uh, uh, to me my aspen journey has been about that to me being the vice chair of for the JNK CII council is about collective leadership and you know creating a platform for the betterment of the industry uh, in the state and i hope uh, this is a challenge that we as uh, youngsters in the country can take up uh, in the years to come all right thank you so much and on that very positive note we'll end the discussion for today uh, thank you junet so much for making time for us and joining us today on the CII podcast Thank you very much Jayan. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to CII Podcasts. 